Years ago, my friend found himself in Swaziland, surrounded, I'm not making this up, by a troop of barking, teeth-bearing baboons who were slowly closing in on him and his friends. Now, what do teeth-bearing baboons, box jellyfish, and your goals have in common? Well, listen and find out. I'm Dr. Nathan Pali. This is Speed Tribe. Before we get to those stories, let's just follow up from a previous podcast real quick. Did you meditate um, this morning? Did you write down things you were grateful for? If not, go do it. You got to do the work to see the progress. Did you let your crazy roommate of a mind say stuff and just let it go? If so, good job. If not, begin again. And what about your anti-talent show? Um, It should be about ready to present. Uh, Seriously, if you haven't tried it, go try something new for 20 minutes a day. It will prove you can learn. It will prove you can grow. It is invaluable. This growth mindset is absolutely crucial to success in sports and success in life. So today we're going to talk about goals. And I know this is something that comes up a lot, but I'm going to give you a vision today of why vision and goals matter. And to do so, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. Um, And I'm not going to tell you what these stories have to do with setting goals. And I know that's a little weird, but I know you're smart enough to figure it out. So be ready by the end of these stories because your assignment is going to be to tell me why we set goals. You ready? All right. So my friend grew up deer hunting with his dad, uncles, and cousins. They pile into uh, a truck, his uncle drive, and his dad in the passenger seat and all the kids in the back of the truck. Safety third, right? Uh, well, it was a different time. It was a, it was a couple of decades ago. Anyways, my friend knew that if you were in the back, you had to find a nice tight corner and hang on because the dirt roads were full of rocks and ruts and mug bogs. And my friend's uncle relied on one thing to get through, momentum. And it worked. It might jostle the fillings out of your teeth, but you got through the mud pit. And over and over, the mantra with his dad and uncle was, if you stop, you're stuck. Well, years later, my friend was living in a small country in southern Africa called Swaziland. And one day, he and a group of friends decided to go drive through the wilderness. Think like a safari, but with 19 and 20-year-olds just driving themselves around. They drove all around, saw all sorts of wildlife, and they came to a fork in the road. One road led to the park exit, the other up a steep mountain path. At the bottom of the mountain path, there was a sign that said, Warning, difficult road, 4x4 only. Now, their little four-door truck um, did not have four-wheel drive, but they're having a great time and they wanted to see what more there was to see. So being young and adventurous, they set up the mountain. It was a difficult path full of obstacles with both careful tire placement and adrenaline. Uh, They did quite well for a while. And then they rounded a corner to find yet another obstacle waiting, a small, seemingly unimpressive section of mud. As they started to drive through the mud, it soon became apparent this puddle was a lot deeper than they expected, and the ground a lot softer than anticipated. They knew that they just simply didn't have enough momentum to carry them through the obstacle, and the truck came to a grinding halt, leaving them with tires spinning freely. In that moment, uh, my friend just could hear his dad's voice speaking these words, if you stop you're stuck. They tried for about 20 to 30 minutes to get the truck free, rocking it back and forth, pushing with all their strength, but it wasn't budging. They were badly stuck. So they were there deep in the African wilderness and it was about to get worse. 
Through the trees a ways off, they started to hear a commotion. Loud screeching sounds rang out. And then as they looked towards the sound, they were horrified to see a group of angry wild baboons rapidly approaching us. They approached and formed a half circle, stopping about 50 feet away, forming a line. And they began to display behavior that he says I can only describe as terrifying. Loud screaming and barking, large boulders being thrown and proudly displaying their insanely large white fangs. They were clearly not amused that these guys were in their territory. The only thing larger and wider than those fangs, he says, was our eyes as we took it all in. Realizing the trouble they were in, (laughs) they all four said a silent prayer, acted quickly, gave the truck one final push, pushed with all their strengths, and it turns out that the fear of being dismembered by a pack of wild monkeys is pretty good motivation. Um, Combine that with sure divine intervention, and to their surprise and great relief, the truck lunged forward, broke free of the mud pit. Ford momentum was restored, and they got themselves out of there, back to safety with all their limbs. If you stop, you're stuck. So here's my question to you, and I'm not going to give you the answer. Why set goals? What does this story have to do with goals? If you get the message, great. If not, think about that for a little bit. See what you can take away from there. Why do we set goals? Here's the next story. It's about a woman named Diana Nyad. She has two TED Talks online. You should check them out. She's a great storyteller. This story comes from her first TED Talk, right? She just turned 60 years old. Her mom had died when she was uh, 82. And she's there thinking, what have I done with my life? She's feeling bad for past bad decisions and negative thoughts, for bad things that happened way back to her when she was a kid, for losing her marriage. And and she's stuck in this funk and she she's like what can i do and she'd been a competitive swimmer growing up in an endurance swimmer and she had previously tried and failed to swim from cuba to florida nobody's ever done it without a shark cage and she's like this is what i need a vision for my life a goal and she knew at her age it would take her 60 to 70 hours Um, You can't get out of the water or touch the boat for it to be a continuous swim. And it is a long, crazy ride. So she starts training. And she just emphasizes that it's not fun. 10, 12, 14, 15, 24-hour swims. Um, And if it's a 15-hour swim, she makes sure that it's a 15-hour swim. Like if she came back to the dock at 14 hours, 48 minutes, she would turn around and swim for two more minutes so that it was the full 15 hours. Uh, it, It is crazy long. So finally, after years of preparation, two years, she she goes to Cuba, stands on the shore. The water is glossy smooth. She's got 85 songs in her head. She can't have like earphones or uh, AirPods or anything. It's just her singing these songs in her head. She's got books she's read, the quotes to inspire her. She she yells courage and jumps into (laughs) into the ocean, man, and starts swimming. And there are all sorts of crazy things that are starting to happen. Like her shoulders are going to hurt for swimming that long, right? 60 strokes a minute. 
your goggles fog almost immediately, and you got this tight swim cap over your ears to hold in heat so you don't hear very well. It's just like this total sensory isolation, more or less, you and your thoughts for hours and days. And then there's things like the Gulf Stream that pushes you east when you want to go north. Dehydration, hypothermia. Your body doesn't like being in salt, pickled in salt water and starts to rebel as you start vomiting from being in salt water that long. Not to mention sharks. But none of that prepared her for what happened two hours in. Two hours in, she's stung by a box jellyfish. They have these tentacles that are 30 to 50 feet long so they can wrap around you. They're not supposed to be in these waters. And there's hundreds of thousands of little barbs in the tentacles that sting as they wrap around her, but also inject venom. It feels like hot, boiling oil. She still has the scars on her skin years later. Her muscles seize up in her back and her chest. She just yells, as well, gasps, fire, help me, I can't breathe. She tries to keep going, uh, but starts convulsing. But she's determined to move forward. She gets stung at 8 p.m. and she keeps swimming through the night, just like agonizing pain. Then a medical team from the University of Miami arrives at five in the morning, gives her a shot of prednisone without her getting out of the water, puts an oxygen mask over her face while she's in the water, gives her some Xanax, and she just swims all through the next day in this excruciating pain. But then that night, wham! another box jelly across the neck and they decide, okay, maybe we won't make it uh, in a nonstop swim. Maybe we'll just do it in a stage swim. So they got her out of the uh, water, treat her, all these shots, inject her and she gets back in and she swims through the rest of the night and into the next day. But at 41 hours, her body just gives out. Those stings were starting to shut down her respiratory system. She had to end her dream was crushed. And then she asked herself, so now what do we, what do I do? And these are her words. She says, and so my journey now is to find some sort of grace in the face of this defeat. And I can look at the journey, not just the destination. And with all sincerity, I can say, I am glad I lived those two years of my life that way. Because my goal not to suffer regrets anymore. I got there with that goal. When you live that way, when you live with that kind of passion, there's no time. There's no time for regrets. You're just moving forward. And I want to live every day of the rest of my life that way. Swim or no swim. But that ocean's still there. This hope is still alive. And I will swim from Cuba to Florida. So what is it, she asks us, what is it you're doing with this one wild and precious life of yours? That's it. That's pretty good, right? What do you think? Why set have a vision? Why set goals? Here are three questions I want you to think about and write down your answers to. Grab your phone, grab some paper and a pen, I don't care. But why why set goals? Why have a vision? What do, what do these stories tell you about the why of goals? And then I want you to explore yourself a little bit. 
What do you want? That's question number two. What vision do you have? And number three, why? So why do we set goals? What do you want? And why do you want it? That's it. Uh, I'm curious what you come up with. Um, And if you want to talk to us more, hit us up. We'd love to talk you through this process and help you out. Best wishes. Thanks for running with our tribe.